You're listening to the ministry of Potter's House Church Wandsworth, a Christian Pentecostal church based in South London, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our call is to reach the lost, make disciples and plant churches. For more information on who we are and what we do, visit us at phcwandsworth.co.uk. Hundred and three verse thirteen. Hundred and three verse thirteen. Um, we want to continue in a series that we're talking about, Father in Heaven. Uh, two more sermons, and then well, this one, and then one more, and then uh, we're going to get into a, a series called "You Ask for It," and uh, we're going to believe God. All the uh, things that you ask for, we're going to try and address. Amen. How many know when you're a kid? It's about a lot of life is about playing games. How many? Uh, you, you understand that when you was a kid, everything was about playing games. You like to play games. And if you've, if you've seen little kids, they always want to uh, uh, play a game. They make anything into a game. And this type of thing, if you have kids, you'll understand this. And, and I was thinking about myself. I was always, uh, always trying to make a game out of something, trying to muck about and up to some sort of mischief. Obviously, I know it's hard for you guys to believe that I'd be mischievous. But, uh, yeah, you know, that, that was part of me. And so, if, if I'm honest, I probably needed to grow up a bit quicker than I did. I was probably still mucking about. I remember going to secondary school and making people laugh, falling off my chair, uh, you know, flicking things at the teacher, uh, this type of thing. I remember my mom asked me one time to make uh, tea for someone in the house. I think I was 12. And I put salt in the tea, like loads of it, like ton of salt. and just stood there and they drank it and then they spit it out. And uh, I think my mom, usually I would get good beats, but I think my mom just thought, I don't even know if beating is going to help this boy. And so, uh, uh, so, but it comes to a point in life when you should mature out of something. How many of you got to grow up? You just got to grow up. There's a point in life where you got to grow out of things. How many know if you, you, you know, you're in, you see a 30-year-old kind of trying to sit in the trolley? You know where the trolley is, where the, the, the kids can sit? A 30-year-old trying to sit in the trolley. It'd be something, or, or, or using it like a skateboard. We'd be like, grow up. I mean, we'd be like, grow up. Or imagine, ladies, you go on a restaurant, a guy takes you out to a restaurant, good-looking guy, nice job, nice car, loves God, amen. Some of you are smiling already, amen. And so, and he takes you out, and, uh, and he orders like a milkshake, and he's blowing bubbles in the milkshake. How many know it's danger? How many know it's time to powder your nose via the door? I wouldn't even tell that brother I'm leaving, because I don't know what's going on. He said, I'll be back in one moment, yeah? He's got to powder my nose. Get your oyster out. And so uh, it's time to go. Listen, if he's doing that, it's time to go. But there's, there's, there's something in life where we expect that you grow, you start to grow up. Um, you know, when you're a kid, your parents do everything for you. How many old kids, parents, your parents do everything for you? But it comes a point where you've got you to gotta, you gotta do some stuff for yourself. You've got to move out. Uh, you know, you, you should, you, it's, it's hard nowadays living in London. I know it's expensive, but I've always said, listen, there is an advantage of a man who can uh, try his best to try to get his own place before he gets married. Even if he just gets a, a little bed sit for like six months to a year, just to understand what it's like. Because sometimes when you go straight from mummy to wife, it can be a little bit, hmm, yeah. And, and so when you're dating a guy and his mum's his best friend, you know, I tell my mom everything. She's my best friend. She's still, he's 30. She's still, you know, doing, ironing his socks. 
Uh, you may have to be like, hey, listen, man, I don't know what's happening here. There's a, ti- there's a time in life where you've got to go out and grow out of some things. How many know that? And so, uh, same as my, I was thinking about this, the relationship between me and my dad. Now, when I was a kid, uh, my dad did everything for me. But this, this year, going and visit my dad, I've got a picture of me and my dad. Look, you'll see. This is me and my dad. Look, daddy's boy. Yeah, I look like a, a milk chocolate version. <laughs> Amen. You, you ever seen the Milky Bar? It's chocolate, but it's just light. Amen. And so, uh, the reality is, me and my dad are the same size now. The reality is, I'm, I'm stronger than my dad now. So when I go to my dad's house, my dad was like, son, can you go up into the loft and bring some stuff down for me? So I had to go up and get some stuff out of the loft, carry this stuff down, because I'm stronger than my dad now. Now, there was a time when my dad was stronger than me. There was a time when, my da- when I was a kid, my dad was stronger than me, but I've grown out of that now. You can just look at that picture and see, look, I should be stronger than him, and he, he doesn't, he's, not, he's not that relationship anymore. I've grown out of that. The thing is with God is that you never grow out of being dependent on your heavenly father. See, I'm no longer dependent upon him. When I go and visit him, I take him out. I pay my own way. When I was a kid, he would take me out. It's changed now. As a Christian, as a child of God, you are a child and you have a heavenly father And God expects you to grow and mature spiritually. He expects you to grow and mature, but not to grow out of your dependence on him. You will always be dependent on him. It's not like this relationship, a natural relationship with your natural parents. This is a spiritual relationship. And so let's put that text up, please. Psalms 103. The Bible says, as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. Let's pray. Father, we ask you right now for your grace, your mercy. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us today, that you would show us your heart, that we would, get, that we would grasp the relationship that we have with you. Father, if we can understand this and really absorb this, Father, this is where the power is for transformation and change. This is where we find stability, courage, peace, fruitfulness. Father, we've got to get this. I pray that you would give it to us through your spirit, by your word. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. In our text, it says, as a father, and I want to start there, as a father. Just those first three words. And what this tells us is how God wants to relate to us. And really, that's been my whole series over the last three weeks. How does God want to relate to you? What is the relationship that God wants with you? How many know you've got to define relationships? You've got to define, some of you, I've never thought of that, but let me, let me teach you something. You've got to define relationships. If you don't define them, you get in trouble. If a guy and a girl are friends, just friends, we've got to define that. How many know we've got to define that? Because if he thinks it's girlfriend, boyfriend, but she thinks it's just friends, how many know there's, there's heartache? There's going to be trouble here. We've got to define the relationship. 
And so with God, God is no different. We've got to define how does God want to relate to us. And God has shown us, I want to relate to you as a father. Matthew 11, verse 25. It's a bit of a long passage of scripture, but follow along with me. Matthew eleven twenty five. 25. This is Jesus speaking. At the time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, speaking to heavenly Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and has revealed them to babes. And he, so he's saying, this is something that you've, you've revealed to these young people. And he says, even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight, all things have been delivered to me by my Father. So he's saying, you've given me everything as your Son to reveal. And then he goes on, he says, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son and the one to whom the Son will reveal him. Jesus, that's a long passage of Scripture that Jesus is saying, me and you have got this relationship, Heavenly Father, Jesus, the Son, and he says, but my mission is to reveal the Father to you. That's Jesus' mission. Now, if you don't get that, nothing else in the Bible is going to make sense to you. Nothing. If you come to church today, and you're, you're in church, you're sitting down, you sung those songs, and you leave here, but you don't know this, that Jesus' one mission is to introduce you to the Father. That you would know God as Father. This is his mission. That he would reveal God as your heavenly Father. That's his one mission. We see that in the Lord's Prayer. We know this prayer. How does it start? Our Father. Because this is how we must relate. See, God doesn't want us just, just to know him as king. How many know he's king? In that, in that scripture I read, Jesus says, I know that you rule in heaven and in earth. You're king of everything. But he's saying, listen, um, you're our father. God doesn't just want you to know him as a king. He doesn't want you to just know him as a boss. He wants you to know him as, as father. And so, as, as, and, and th let me give you an analogy here. We've got another picture. Let's, let's put up uh, Pastor Brandon up there. Let's put him up there. Okay, this is him with uh, his wife and his children. Look, look he's trying to do like, a, like an R&B 90s pose. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we knew he had to be our praise and worship leader. When I saw that, I was like, he's got to be, he's got to be here. And so, uh, and so look, look, Elizabeth looks beautiful there, amen. Beautiful children. But I want you to think about this. Is Brandon, he, he has a job, and in his job, he's a manager. So the people that know him in work, they know him as a manager. He is a pastor. So those of you in the church, you know him as a pastor. But to his children, he's dad. Now, he is those things. He is a manager. He is a pastor. But he doesn't relate to his children like that. And so this is the same thing with God. God is king. God is eternal Lord and above all things. But when he tells us to pray, he didn't say, Oh, king who's in heaven. Didn't, did he? He doesn't do that. He doesn't say, oh, you must say, oh, creator of all things, of the universe. No, no, no. What he says is, I want you and me to have a relationship 
like a father and a child. See, you may know God, and we say, who created the universe? God. Who made all things? God. Who's powerful? God. But then we're asking, when you come to him in prayer, when you kneel down, when you come to church, when you sing those songs, are you engaging with a father? Or are you really engaging in, in, a, in just ritualistic behavior? Let's go back to the text, Psalms 103.13. Look what it says, as a father pities his children. See, God wants to be your father today. Is he your father? Look at someone and say, is he your father? Is he your father? Because some of you might be thinking in error, oh, he's everybody's father. He's every, everybody who's ever been born, God is their father. Mm, that's, he's their creator, correct? But is he their father? Because the Bible says for God to be your father you've got to be willing to become his child. You've got to be willing to become his child. Have you become his child? Have you become his child? See, I was born my dad's son. The moment I was conceived, I'm his son. I was born. The Bible says that you've got to be born again to become God's child. You was not naturally born. The moment you came out your mother's womb, you wasn't God's child. You've got to become God's child. To say I become means I was something before. I didn't become my dad's child. I was born my dad's child. The moment I existed, the moment my mother's biological system accepted what my father gave him, that's a nice way of saying it, I was conceived, I was. As soon as I was, I was. But God speaks about becoming, being born again. If you're in this place today and you haven't been born again, then you are not a child of God. That means God is not your father. And if you doubt that, let me show you where we can clarify that. 1 John 1 verse 12. But as many as received him, meaning Christ. See, you've got to receive Christ. To them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name. Who were born not of blood. That means this is not natural. You was naturally born, but this is not talking about natural born. Nor of the will of flesh, it wasn't flesh that born, nor of the will of man, but of God. God is saying here, you become his child when you receive Christ. Have you received him today? I don't mean you become a child when you came to church, when you met the pastor, when you signed membership forms, mm -mm. when you received Christ. Have you received him today? When you sit here today, are you a child of God? See, this is very important. Because if you're not a child, then he's not your father. And you can actually read the Bible and find out where Jesus says to some religious people, people that we would say, oh, they're religious, they go to church, they dress up in church clothes. And Jesus says to them, listen, you say that God is your father, and Jesus says, no, the devil is your father. <laughs> 
because of your actions. This is so important today. Have you received Christ? Have you believed in him? Have you put your trust in him? Have you received him? Because if you leave here today without Christ, then he's not your father. An old preacher, you know, I love those old preachers because those old preachers were not politically correct. They were biblically correct. An old preacher, I'll never forget him saying it. He says, there's people here, you cannot pray the prayer, the Lord's Prayer. And if you was to pray the Lord's Prayer, the correct phraseology and wording would be for you, my father who art in hell. Because he says, listen, until you've received Christ, God is not your father. Jesus says, when you receive him, then he gives you the right. Have you got the right to call yourself a child of God? If you do not have Christ, you have no right to sit here and say, I'm a child of God. But this is the good news. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Today, you can ask Christ, you can receive him into your life, and you can make a decision that will transform your whole spiritual position from not being a child to being a child, from being a, a, an orphan to being adopted. See, this is so important because, let me, let me tell you this why it's so important. How many know normal people love children? Everybody loves children. How many know everybody should love children? Yeah, everyone loves children. But I don't have any children, but I see children running around. Oh, it's nice. And the older I get, I'm like, oh, the children are cute. They're a bit sticky, but I like them. They're always sticky and dribbling on me and holding me. And it's all my days. They're sticky, they're sticky, man. But you love, everyone loves children, but, but people will die for their own children. There is a difference. You ask any parent in here, listen, they love, everyone loves children, but a parent will die for their own children. Not, without even thinking about it, parents that love their children, normal parents will just give up their life for their children. If it came to it today, we lined up all the parents here, and for some reason, it was like, listen, it's either you or them, they would say me. As long as I know they're taken care of, it's me. Because normal people, they love all children, but they'll die for their children. See, this is why you've got to be God's child. See, because God loves the world. Yes, he does love the world. And he takes care of the world. But, what, but he died for his children. See, he takes care of his children in a different way. See, if you think that God is just, oh, God is just doing everything for everyone in the world the same, that's not the case. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says that God pities his own children. If you're outside of God's grace today, I want to tell you, God, is, God has been loving, God has been gracious to you, just that he gave you oxygen, just that he gave you blood, just that he kept you alive. Yeah, that's common grace. But what happens when you're his child, God gets deep into your life. God gets into your life. He starts to move in ways and means that we don't even understand. He starts to come with you on the job interview. He's there with you in the exam. He's there with you in that marriage. He's there with you when your child is sick. He's there with you when the doctor says there's no hope. He's there with you because now you've received him and he's given you the right to call upon him and trust in him and say, God, I'm your child. That is why I feel sorry for the person who leaves here today without knowing that God is your father because the world is a cold place. A dangerous place, a precarious place. You could slip 
bang your head and die. You could be eating something and choke on it and die. You could just have something going on in your body right now that you don't even know and the doctors don't know. And the first time it manifests is, is when you fall down and collapse. People do that all day. But as a child of God, I can get up every day and say, Father, protect me today. Father, go before me today. Father, I trust you. Every day I pray over my wife's health, my health, my family's health, the marriage's health, the children in here health. Single people, young people, old people. Because I'm saying, listen, God, go before them, help them. See, where are you today? Where are you today? You may be in the same playground as God's children, but that don't mean that God's eyes on you. How many know when you take your children to a playground, you're watching everything that's going on, but when your children cry, that's where you're going. I never forget one time, we were filming something upstairs. I believe it was uh, Sister Portia, and someone was holding a child. And straight away, she heard, it's my child. She heard the cry. See, when your children, listen, you ask any parent, and those of you who have been around parents, you know that's how it goes. They know the, the cry of their child. They just know the cry of their child. It's tuned in. It's like Wi-Fi. <laughs> a thousand things could be going on. A thousand children could be crying straight away. What's going on? That's my child. Well, how do you know this is a child? God is the same. When he hears you cry, it's different. Listen, if you're here today without that, if you're here today, if you do not leave here today. Do not leave here today. Let God press this, press this, press this point home. This is the most important thing of this message. Ex receive Christ today so that you have the right to say, I'm his child. Listen, the Bible says in our text, let's go back to the text, please. We want to, just a small text. Look what he says there, as a father pitieth. His children, so the Lord pitieth. Now, we don't really use that word that much, pity. We would probably know what it means. In our uh, uh, language, it would be like, oh, pity, you know, a pitiful little thing. But really what it means is, is that you, he says it feels. The Message Bible uh, puts it, I think, in a more modern way. It says, as a parent feels for their children. What it's saying is, is that, God relates to us with compassion for your weaknesses and your needs. When God looks at you, he feels compassion for your weaknesses and your needs. Like you need things. And when God feels, God is not like, oh, why are you bothering me, man? Why are you always bothering me with stuff? Why haven't you figured this out yet? God doesn't come. What the Bible says is that God feels compassion he says, you need that? He feels it. Every single need you have here, God is feeling it. He's like, oh, yeah, I feel it. Even your weaknesses, he's feeling it. Your weakness to pray, your weakness in the word, your weakness in certain areas of your life. You're like, I want to do this, but I find it so hard. I'm struggling with this. God says, he feels compassion about you. He doesn't look at you with disdain. That is so different than the world. In the world, I mean, guys will remember this. You know, when you'd have football teams and you'd pick. Remember, you'd, have a, you'd toss a coin. Who's, who's two, you get two captains. Yeah? Two captains. And you toss a coin. It's like, okay, you get the first pick. And you're like, yeah, I want him. Straight away, it was always, yeah, I want him. And then the next guy, okay, uh, all right, I'll have him then. 
and then him. And then as it starts to whittle down, it's like, oh, 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 oh. And the last one, it's just like, they don't even pick him. Okay, let's just, <laughs> okay, I guess I'm over here. And I, I was that guy, because when it comes to football, that's why I just knew. Someone went, oh. And then, because we, 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 usually, we don't, especially as men, as men, we don't really feel, sometimes, we just don't like weakness. How many not men? No men in the house, man. Come on, be honest, man. How many, many times we don't like to be associated with weakness, men? Amen. That's just the way we are. We don't want to be associated with weakness. And so, you know, sometimes we can laugh and mock. I remember one time we were playing uh, 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 rounders. I think we were playing rounders as a church. And uh, one of the guys was uh, playing rounders. And he's, 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 he was part of our church member. And, and, and he was running. And he, and he, and he fell over. And when he fell over, he just like did a flip and it was so funny and he just landed on his back, bounced off and it, it, it was like the funniest thing. And I was like a new pastor and I just started laughing. I was like, <laughs> I just started laughing and he got up and he went, it's not funny. You shouldn't be laughing. And it probably, he goes, I could have hurt myself. And that made me want to laugh even more if I'm honest. I was like, I'm praying for you, brother. Because sometimes we, we don't want to be around weakness and we don't feel a natural, comp- uh, sometimes we mock it or we, 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 you know, sometimes when people do something crazy, even sometimes in praise and worship, someone will do something crazy. You know, using worship and then all the songs, I'm leaning hard on my own. Not today, it didn't happen today. Uh, what happened there, man? <laughs> you ever been there? See, look, see, you know you're there. Sometimes, you know, I've learned better now. I just stay in the worship. I just stay in, I just stay in the zone. I'm not coming out of the zone. So, you know, sometimes because the way we see weakness, we're like, we want to distance ourselves from it. But God says when he sees weakness, he's moved with compassion. He moves closer to you, man. He says, as a father, pity if. You know... How many know a one-year-old child is helpless? A one-year-old child is helpless, man. You know, uh, uh, we've had so many children born in this church, and, uh, and it's so good to see godly parents, young people, bringing up their children. But a one-year-old is so helpless. I, I heard a story. I almost didn't want to say it in the sermon. It was so distressing to me. But... And it happened just on Friday in New York, maybe some of you read it, where two young children died. Year-old children, twins, died in a car because the dad left them there all day. He's, he's been arrested, they've charged him with manslaughter. Just Friday gone in New York, in the heat, left these two children because, listen, Children are dependent on their parents. They need their parents. Yes, the children need water. Children need food. Children need all of these necessities. But their greatest need is for a parent. It's through the parent. That's why God designed it. That two people, it takes two people to make a child. Think about it. God, it's not like children grow up like in the forest somewhere. Like they're just under a tree. Oh, look, there's a little baby there. A rose baby, yeah. Oh, look, there's a daffodil baby. No, 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 no. How many of your children don't come from stalks? 
They don't come from stalks. God has designed it that for there to be a child, there had to be two parents. Because God is saying, listen, children need parents. They are helpless without parents. Children have many needs, I said, but their biggest need is for a parent. What we're saying is a year-old child is dependent. You know what God is trying to show us in this text? God is saying to me and to you, just as that one-year-old child is dependent on their parent, you'll always be dependent on me. Just as that one-year-old child is dependent on their parent, you will always need me. Those children died because they were just left for eight hours. Eight hours. They died. Listen, if you live a life without God, you're going to make, things are going to die. Your marriage is going to die. We're living in a world where there's so much corruption because they've just left God out. There's so much perversion. There's so much hurt and pain. And we're looking to politicians to, to fix things. No, what we need is the Father. Because God is saying to you, Christian, today, he says, you're my child, and you will never grow out of being dependent on me. You will never grow out of that. Just as that one-year-old child is dependent on the parent, you are dependent on me every day. You cannot go a day without me. This must be the foundation of everything. I remember the other day I was driving and I saw this child running on, on the, like a little child. I don't know. It could look like he just started learning to, to, I don't know. I'm not good at these things, but maybe between two and 16. I don't know, somewhere. Between, no, I'm only joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Between two and four, about that age. It was like a, a toddler child. And I saw the child just running. And, and I saw it as I was driving. It was running on the pavement. And the first thing that came to my mind is, where's the parent? Where's the parent? Where's the... And so there was, there, was, there was a few people down, and there was, a, there was another woman with a pram there, and I was just analyzing it as I'm driving in traffic. Where's the parent? 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 And then I said, okay, that woman there. And because the child had run back, and the parent was running after the child. Because when you see a toddler, when you see a child by themselves, there's something wrong with that. Where's the parent? God is saying the same thing to you. Why are you running off by yourself? It's not right. Where's your parent? You need me. You're dependent on me. Is it, could this be why we keep getting into trouble? Because that little kid was innocent. And I'll be, be honest, I was driving, I was like, oh my days, that kid don't mind running the road. He was running closer to, I was like, oh my days. My foot was hovering over the brake. I said, I don't wanna, what's happening here? The same is with God. He says, as a father pitieth. That means he's moved with compassion over the weaknesses and the frailty. God says, you are frail. You cannot be left by yourself. You need me. I'm your heavenly father. Jesus is saying, I came so that you and the father could be united again. So you don't have to go through life like a toddler wandering around. So you don't have to be like those two children stuck in that car without any parental guidance, dying. See, some of you today, you're living in your life without Jesus, you are stuck in Satan's car and you are slowly dying. But God is saying, listen, I want to be your father. I want to be your daddy. I want to take care of you. I want to bring you to me. If you let me be your father, 
even to the Christian. He's saying, you never grow out of being dependent upon me. I don't care if you know your Bible back to front. You know Greek and Hebrew. I don't care if you can pray for 10 hours. You may know me well. You may be in this church 10 years. You may have been to every revival, every conference. You never grow out of God being, you being dependent upon the Father. And the more things God blesses you with, the more you're dependent upon him. You were single and you just came to church and he helped you. How to come to church, how to stop smoking crack. It's a big girl, isn't it? Just a little bit. <laughs> then you get, you start dating how to live clean, how to keep your hands off her. I go, Father, help me. Just keeping it real. Then you get married. How to put up with her? <laughs> How do I put up with him? Then you get these kids. Oh my days. Everyone, you bring them to church. Everyone, they're so beautiful, they're so cute. You're like, what is this? You want to have them for a few days? How do I? And everything, and God's like, come back to me. Depend upon me. I'm your father. Don't go a day without me. Don't go a day without me. Don't go a moment without me. Then we send you out. And, and the worst thing is sometimes people, I've seen, you know, many different people at levels of ministry. Now it's like, yeah, I got it. God's going to build his church. And it's like ministry. I'm going to be ministering. I'm in ministry. Listen, at that point, you are so dependent on him. You are so out of your depth. We don't send you out because you've arrived and you know everything. What we do is we've looked at your life and it should be, wow, you're really dependent on him. Because I want to tell you, doing this job, what I'm doing now, I am so dependent on him. I'm scared to go an hour without him. Because something, I'll do something crazy. I need him. See, are we running after things or are we running after the father? If you went past that car, after those kids have been in there an hour, you couldn't just say, listen, there's a shop around the corner from here. Anything you need is just around the corner from here. Those children didn't need things. They needed a parent. Is it that we just want things? And God's like, but you just need me. God, I want this. God is like, I I'll give you myself. I want this. I'll give you myself. I want a husband. I'll give you myself. I want, and God's like, what you need is me. Because if I give you those things without me, you'll ruin those things. You'll be crushed under the weight of those things because those things come with responsibility. Husband and wife comes with responsibility. Children come with responsibility. Money comes with responsibility. Ministry comes with responsibility. And without the father, it becomes so difficult. Let me speak about life of the Father and then we're close. Because what does this mean I've got to do if I'm dependent upon the Father? I've got a picture here of uh, uh, the next picture that I sent you. I think it's a, a father holding a child, I think it is. I want you to think about this. Here is a, a father holding a child. The child is not holding the father. Do you know sometimes we think that we're holding on to God, but God is holding on to you? Do you know some of you think that you brought yourself here? 
This is how you came here today. Because if he had left you, you'd be somewhere doing the madness. This is how you came here today. You think, oh, I'm just struggling. I'm... No, 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 no. He's bringing you here. He's the one bringing you here. Show me the next picture. Do you know sometimes a child, whenever you see some, a parent holding a child, the child is holding on to the parent, but the parent is carrying the weight. See, some of you think I'm holding on to God. Like if you were to let go, you would fall and no, 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 no. He's carrying the weight. You don't, I've never ever seen a parent walk around with their hands down and the child is just hanging on to them. Help me, daddy. Hmm? What are you doing there? No, no, no. How do you see? It's holding the weight. See, the child is holding on, yeah. But the father is carrying the child. See, some of you today, you've got to realize that all you need to do is hold on because God is going to carry you. See, your heavenly father just says, hold on. How do we hold on? Hold on to his word. Just hold on to the promise. Don't let go of the promise. You may be going through a financial difficulty and you just want to let go of God's promises. Thinking, oh, no, no. listen, just hold on to his promise and God will carry you through this financial trial. Some of you right now, you're struggling with singleness. Being single in this world is not easy because the world, many times, the media and the culture is perverted. And it wants to push you down a road and mold you into a perverted lifestyle. But, but you've got to hold on to his word. I'm going to hold on. I'm not going to fornicate. I'm going to hold on. I'm not going to defile myself. And God says, if you hold on to my word, I will carry you through this season of your life. I'm carrying you. You're like, this is so hard. No, 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 no. You're not carrying yourself. God is carrying you. See, when you have a heavenly father, this is life of the father. He's carrying you today. He's carrying you. Next image. When a child falls over, the parent doesn't say, climb up me. Climb up me so the child is... No, when a child falls over, what does the parent do? They lift the child up. God is not expecting you to climb up him. If, you call, if you've fallen, if you call out to him, he'll lift you up. You don't have to climb. Some of you have fallen and you're like, yeah, one day I'll kind of get back to where I was. I... <sighs> call on him. He will lift you up. I've yet to see a parent, the child falls over, the child has hurt itself, and the parent's like, climb up me. Like a little ladder, climb up. No. If you have a heavenly father, you know him as a father, you've got to realize, call out to him. You're like, oh, I'm ashamed. I've made a mistake. I'm far from him. I, I, I knew better, but I didn't do it. But still, you've run, you fall over, you scratch your knee. Call out to him. He will lift you up. He will carry you. He will keep you. See, this is the difference between a religion and a relationship. 
Religion, you have to carry yourself. Religion, you have to climb up yourself. Relationship is God is carrying me and God is lifting me. And it's not about what I'm doing. It's about what he's already done and he wants to do more. Because I don't have a religion. I have a relationship with my Father in heaven. Jesus shows us that we are God's children. In our text, it says, listen, as a, as a father pitieth his children, the Lord pities those who fear him. The word fear means reverence. That means you come to him as a father, you respect him. See, how many of we were all children one time? We were all children one time. The quality of life as a child, remember, the quality of a life as a child is not determined by the child's ability. The quality of a life of a child is not determined by the child's abilities. A one-year-old's life is not determined by its abilities, by its strengths or its weaknesses. The quality of a child's life is determined by the love of the parent. Doesn't matter how good or weak or strong that child is at one years of age, if the parent loves that child, that child will have a good life. Let me tell you, Christian, the quality of your Christianity, of your walking faith, your spirituality, is not down to your abilities. It's not determined by your strengths or your weaknesses. Your spirituality, your Christianity is determined by your love, by the love of the Father for you. Are you dependent on him or are you independent? Today, the whole gist of this sermon is to cause you to do one thing, is to become more dependent on him. When you're dependent upon him, your prayer life takes a, a, a new lease of life. If you, if you picture that horrific image of those children, you think, if I go without him, if I, if I leave without him, if I move on without him, if I, if, I, if I deter from him, I could get money, I could leave God and get this, but without him, what will happen to you? I can get relationship, friendship, without him. No, 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 no. I'm going to stick with him, and I'm going to allow him to be the provider of these things because I need him more than I need those things. I'm dependent on my heavenly father. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. We hope you've been blessed, edified and challenged by the sermon to reach the lost and make disciples. For more information on what we do and who we are, visit us at phcwandsworth.co.uk.